Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... The Children's Book Podcast is proudly sponsored by 12 by 12. Picture book authors need to be fairly prolific to be published, and that's why members of 12 by 12 aim to write one picture book draft a month. Through an online forum, monthly webinars, a private Facebook group, and more, members enjoy the accountability, support, and motivation of a fantastic community of authors and illustrators. Registration is only open in January and February, so visit 12by12challenge.com slash membership for more information. That's the number 12x12challenge.com slash membership for more information. I love podcasts. I share podcasts. I listen to them. I share them all the time and almost to the point where when I'm writing, it's like, I, it's like, what do I listen to now? You know, when I'm, when I'm not, when I'm not listening to podcasts, I've, I've forgot what I listen to. So, um, I'm always sending podcasts on to people. So it's, a I, it, to me, it's a lively, lively you know, world out there. Welcome. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 657. I'm your host, Matthew Winner, here as always, and we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash matthewcwinner, or on PayPal at childrensbkpod if you want to support the show. Today, I'm joined by Vincent X. Kirsch, author and illustrator of From Archie to Zach. So, I feel the need to be completely frank with you here. There are so many wonderful picture books out there, and so many great stories of boys crushing on girls and girls crushing on boys, and I know that Valentine's Day is right around the corner. You know, some of these books flirt with using the word love. They almost say it, right? Many embrace the innocent, complicated, and wholly earnest feelings that we feel at a young age towards those who often for reasons inexplicable, become the objects of our affection. But very rarely do we ever see books where a girl expresses love for a girl or a boy expresses love for a boy. No matter what the reason, this strikes me as a great loss at reflecting the pureness of childhood love which never needs any deeper interpretation beyond recognizing it is what it is. Vincent has created a beautiful book of two boys in love. Without a doubt, both boys know their love for each other. Their whole class knows, and every classmate would tell you with a big smile on their face. But also, neither boy will say it to the other. 
It's a wonderful story of finding the just right words to tell someone how you feel, and also the just right courage. Please welcome my guest, Vincent X. Kirsch, author and illustrator of From Archie to Zach. Hello, my name is Vincent X. Kirsch. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm an author and illustrator, a playwright and screenwriter who lives in Asheville, North Carolina, and I've been here since last April, and I'm loving it, and I'm looking forward to working on more books and speaking with Matthew. Oh, I'm so glad you're here, Vincent. You know, you were last here to talk about how I learned to fall out of trees, and I can't remember if on recording or off you teased this new book coming, but I'm so glad to be talking to you today about From Archie to Zach. I remember reading the manuscript of it and not seeing the art to it is how far back I remember reading it, <laughs> whenever that was. <laughs> Fascinating. No, I did speak to you on, 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 on during the podcast about it because I was so excited and I was in the middle of it. And it's one of those books that I was I was I couldn't believe it was happening. So I talked about it whenever I could. <laughs> so now it's actually here. It's a real thing. And it's in the world, which is very exciting. It's so wonderful. And the cover of it even has like that beautiful uh, foil embossment to make it I know. super shiny and wonderful. I love it. <laughs> I know that, that was a surprise. I, I wasn't expecting that. And uh, they told me they were going to do some special things on the cover. And I thought, well, like, what are they going to do? Because I didn't want it to be a glittery, like, uh, you know, like iridescent thing. And so lo and behold, it was very tastefully done. And it's a nice, nice foil stamp. I, very beautiful. It's so I, subtle. I and I, I think that it also accents really beautifully the way you've got the um, barcode <laughs> designed on the back. Oh, yeah. With the squirrel carrying the, like, heart box with the barcode just as a stripe in there. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. The whole design of it's one. Just beautiful. And did you see the case cover? Oh, my word. The case cover. Oh, I was so grateful to have a, a, a finished copy of this book to see that beautiful, beautiful like Valentine letter type design. It was so wonderful. Right? Did you actually collage the art? Yeah, it looks collaged. Yeah. 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 And I went and I, I found like the cheapest materials, like, <laughs> like that they would give some kids at school. That's right. And I gave myself the assignment first as Archie and then as Zach, like to do a Valentine to each other. And that was so much fun to do. It was really, it turned out well. And what's interesting is that people have noticed it because I was afraid it would just be like lost. No one would see it. But lo and behold, people and I have noticed it. So that, that that's a good thing. Well, you've got I, the, I like, I like, yeah. I was like, you've got the uh, wonderful design of the case cover. You also have really beautiful end papers. But before we go too deep into design and story, I'd love for you just mm -hmm. to introduce the book to folks that haven't come across it yet. Uh, and then I have all the questions I can't wait to ask you. <laughs> okay, so um, this started out a, many, many years ago as an alphabet book. And it started out as it was a book, book called From A to Z, and it was about a little mouse named Archimedes who was in love with an elephant named Zelda. And he was showing how much he loved her in, in, uh, in everything from A to Z. And so I, I worked on that book, and I did a little dummy of that, and then I showed it to my agent, and she said, well, alphabet books are kind of hard to sell. And so she said, you know, but, you know we'll try someday. If somebody ever asked me for an alphabet book, 
I will, um, let, you know, I'll bring it up. And so then time went by and by and by and by. And then um, what happened is, as you know, I went back to school and studied writing. And during writing, I learned about writing from memories and writing from experiences that I had had as a kid and things that stayed with me from my childhood that were kind of inexplicable. And so, you know, childhood enigmas. So what I did is I... um, I, I wrote this list of these various um, enigmas from my childhood, and one of them was my first crush on another little boy when I was a little kid. And so I thought, well, no one's ever, ever, ever going to do a book about this. <laughs> and so I put it away, and then, um, but it kind of haunted me. And then I took it out from A to Z, and I thought, hmm, well, this could be an opportunity. And so I kept the title the same. But what I did is I changed it from um, Archimedes a mouse and Zelda. I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to make it, uh, you know, boy to boy. And so then I just naturally made it real, real boys. And I and then so what I did is I um I started working on it. And then I came up with this idea of, of letters when I was a kid. You're always passing notes to each other and or you're passing, you know, like you're, it was a very secret before you know, long yeah. ago. I, mean, I don't know if you remember that, but we passed notes a lot and we got oh, a lot Vincent, of trouble for passing notes. The kids still <laughs> pass notes, maybe not in COVID oh. times, but but I have I have I have a, a number of great stories about notes that have not made it all the way to the kid. Or I was even at conduit and they asked if I could pass it along. And I was like, no, not right now. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm glad to know that. I'm glad to know that print print is surviving in, in, <laughs> in, 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 in correspondence at an early age. Um, so, uh, so, so, so with this book, so I incorporated that a whole idea. And then I, I love the idea of him writing letters and then not having the courage it kind of was what I had gone through. I had written this book, but I didn't really think that it, it was worthy to say or I, I was capable of saying it properly. And so then I got this idea. And then I thought, and then the, the Zelda, the the elephant came back. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what if they get intercepted? And then what if they, what if these letters get intercepted by three girls with the letter Z? And I'm thinking like, oh. Are we entering into like screwball? This is like a comedy of errors, screwball comedy. <laughs> and so I thought, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try it. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to try it. So I wrote this book and then I finished it. And I sort of was like, I, I loved it very much because I, I thought this really is a fun book. And so then I, I didn't even show it to anyone at all. And then I had a meeting with um, my editor from um, How I Learned to Fall Out of Trees. And she pitched me the idea. She said, let's do another friendship book. Do you have any daring um, projects up, you know, up your sleeve? And I thought, okay, this is it. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a try. And, and so I pitched her this book and I said, this is a book about two little boys who love each other and don't know how to say it. She said, okay, send it to me. And then, so I did. And she said, okay, we're going to publish this book. And then I started getting cold feet. And I said, well, what if we um, make them, instead of love, what if they say, like, I like you? And she said, no, 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 Vince, that defeats the whole purpose. That's not daring enough. And then I said, well, maybe maybe we can say love if they're like rabbits or if they're squirrels. And she said, no, 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 we're doing boys, real children, do we going through this. She said, because we're writing, we're creating a book that for us, 
you know, for, for, for when we were young, when we were children. So I thought, okay, here we go. And I was so impressed and I was so delighted. And it taught me like, you know, going out, it's like, once again, climbing that tree and um, being stuck up on a branch and how do you get down? So we pulled it off and they were behind it. And then I started getting notes from people in the publishing house and how they had seen the book and how they were so excited because they, they know someone who needs this book. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is going to be wonderful. Because all I wanted was just one kid out there to find this book and say, oh, wow, look, I, can, I, I, I have to get up the courage to do what I feel, what comes from within. But now I'm finding out a lot of kids are going to get this message and I couldn't be happier. So that's my introduction. I love it. You've done a beautiful job with the book and I'm so glad that it is so daring and so upfront. And I also love that it's so pure because children, children know how to love and they know when they have a feeling and they know that feeling is true. Um, They might get confused about the feeling when other people question them for having the feeling uh, Mm -hmm. about regardless of, of what we're talking about. Um, but in right. this case, I'm also grateful that that there are people around Archie and Zach that accept them and see them and uh, help them find their way forward. I mean, even just from our opening text, I think there's there's a reassuring voice here uh, to start. Archie loves Zach. Zach loves Archie. Everyone said it was so. Archie couldn't say it. Zach couldn't say it, but they wanted to. And I think by having that voice to start us off, mm-hmm. already we're not approaching this uh, from from anything that needs to be kept secret, anything that mm-hmm. will get someone in trouble for saying. Mm-hmm. You, you set the tension between the two boys just sort of being afraid to say it to the other because universally in love, none of us wants to be rejected. Mm. And so to play on that, I feel like is such a beautiful way to welcome every single person into this connection, no matter who you love to see that it is very hard to express how we feel towards someone else, because if they reject us, it can feel like something's wrong with us. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that, I think one, it's just the most absolutely delightful thing that not only have you filled this entire book, this entire story with these wonderful intimate moments of friendship and love and bonding between Archie and Zach, but then you also fill the end papers with even more things mm-hmm. of them doing together just to, I think, to really cement their inseparableness and and their great affection toward one another. There's so many moments. I'm not going to lie. As a white boy with hair that looks pretty close to Archie, there was plenty of times, Vincent, when I was like, oh, this feels like me. And it mm-hmm. was just such a delight. Um, yeah. So all of the all of the blushing, all of the worry about, I wrote this note, but I need to add just one more line. And oh, no, where did I put the note? I can't find it. Uh, was just was just wonderful and was 
I really, I don't know. What am I trying to say? I really felt my, <laughs> my heart really, really, uh, resonated with the, the fear of rejection or of being, I don't know, of being wrong about how you feel. Mm-hmm. It, it really spoke to me, Vincent. Yeah. And, you know, this is true, even though this is about love and how we feel about others, but it's true, particularly for kids to be aware of things that they love that, um, like, for example, when I was a little boy, I loved, I fell in love with the theater. Mm. And I was so, I I was so, um, I knew that I loved the theater and I, and I, I would be, I would sit upstairs in my bedroom and I'd rehearse how I was going to tell my parents that I was going to be an actor. (laughs) And so I would rehearse it and rehearse it and get it down and write notes and practice it while I was supposed to be taking a nap. And then one day, one day I finally got up the nerve. I I remember this. I I, I should write a book about this. Um, And I said, okay, I'm going to go down. I'm going to tell my mom I'm going to be an, I want to be an actor. And so I, I got ready. I walked down the stairs really slowly. And then when I got downstairs, I said, um, Mom, I've got something to tell you. And it was almost like coming out, like coming out as an adult. And <laughs> she said, what, what is it? She was ironing. I remember she was ironing. And I said, Mom, um, I know what I want to do when I grow up. And she said, oh, what is that? I said, I want to be an actor. And she looked at me and she said, shook her head. She said, no, go think of something else. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I went upstairs and I remember thinking, I remembered it my whole life, like, I couldn't think of anything else. That was it. That was that. That was that was it. And they just weren't going to be in on it, you know. But I expressed it, and when I expressed it, it was out in the world. It was out in the universe, which is what saying anything is: is putting it out there and letting the universe gobble it up and and do something with it. So that's that's the joy of, of expressing how you feel about anything and everything, and finding us finding the world to listen. Thank you to our sponsor, TeachingBooks.net. Teaching Books strives to personalize each reader's connections to children's and young adult books. Discover thousands of resources that bring books and reading to life. Sign up for free today at TeachingBooks.net. Finding the world to listen. I think the 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 not just the the words that you use in the book to affirm that that their class knows that these boys love one another, but also to have Zuzela and Zinnia and Zelda in on it too. There was mm-hmm. such I won't give it away because I love a good surprise. I love a good reveal. There's your theater right there. You're doing theater and picture books all the time. Right, um, but but so, the <laughs> the um again that to hold the audience in that tension of well I know that that these folks are all accepting of Archie and Zach and they see Archie and Zach, but what if the message gets to the wrong person because the message is sort of coded it's it's just from a to z 
Mm-hmm. It's true. I love you very much. So that A and that Z, much like when we get the notes or when I get when I when the notes happen across my desk or my floor or whatever from children, you see them using these codes as if mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right what's the joke like as it as if i'm not gonna figure it out <laughs> right right surely right. no one will be able to decipher what this a and this z stand for mm-hmm. uh but that's again the the pureness of childhood and of childhood love mm-hmm. and 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 the wisdom of childhood mm-hmm. you know the wisdom the wisdom and the wisdom of everyone who knows, and it's going back to like like expressing to the world, but the world knows. That's the thing is that is that you're 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 only keeping it. You're only keeping how you feel from yourself because the world knows exactly who you are. Um, you know, and they it's they they're just going to have to figure. You're just going to have to figure it out how you how you're going to be in the world as as you know. I think it's one of the blessings of being gay is um, you learn early on that you're a different person than the rest of the world. And everyone is different from the rest of the world. You are one of a kind. But um, this is the great thing about being gay. It's like at a very early age, you're like, I'm going to have to tell the world one day who I am. And lo and behold, don't we all, you know, don't we all have to do this, Hmm. right? And so, but we just have to do it. We just have to like do it much earlier and think it all out. So it, it's a blessing. It truly is a blessing. I think that and, uh, though we all do need to come out to the world in one way or the other, I think that a very interesting thing about this book too is that while it's on my mind to ask you about how kids talk to you about being gay and how you are a mirror for some a window for some how that that matters that you walk into that space and they can see you and understand their world getting a little bit bigger from Mm. meeting someone who may be as different or as the same as them um but i think about how it's different being a child now than it was when mm-hmm. I was a child and how um, how the the way you've you've set Archie and Zach's classmates in this book feel very much to me like children now. Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. some with questions uh, for sure, but by and large, they seem so much more accepting. And I don't know where that comes from, just that our times, quote unquote, have changed, or if, you know, social media has allowed us all to see one another better. I think about even just, let alone being queer, I think about being a nerd growing up, how Mm -hmm. my interests made me feel so isolated. And now it's like, my word, the comics that I was into are now the biggest media of any Mm -hmm. film thing. That it's just wild to know how alone I felt and yet how absurd it was to ever think I was alone, that that was a lie that the world was telling me. Yeah. Um, And and you know what else is, you know what else is interesting about this book is that there are no grownups in it, except at the very end and the very beginning, no grownups. There's no, and, and, and that's like a world of, I wanted to keep the grownups out of this as much as possible because I wanted this to be about 
the next generation, the world of the next generation. It's their world now, and it's this is theirs and grownups. Like rather than because so so many, I think I may have told you before, so many of these books they spend you know, about being gay. It's all about the parents taking the child aside and saying, "Oh well, you know, Norbert, you're not." you're not going to be like everyone else, you know, that kind of thing. So I think that um, I, I wanted it to be like, I didn't want it to be that kind of book. I didn't want the parents to have anything to say, grownups to have anything to say about the matter. Let, let, let the, the kids, let the kids deal with it. But, but you were going back and you were asking me about, about um, interacting yeah. with, um, with classes, so with students. many, many years ago, I was, I worked at a boys camp and I was the assistant arts and crafts director and basically, I, I had just gotten back from a semester in Florence, Italy. And this was my job that I started when I got back. And of course, after a semester in Italy, your your wide like, world is like this immense, marvelous, beautiful renaissance. And so there were, at this camp, there were um, maybe three, out of all of this, maybe 400 campers, there were like three boys at this camp who I knew knew who I was knew that they were and it was like this of course I couldn't say that I was gay that this was back like three or four decades I couldn't you know be out but they were they saw in me someone who was like them who had who talked about things like like the Renaissance and 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 Paris and and opera and mu and and Mozart and they were like, oh, I get to grow up and be that. I get to you know, th- you know that's what I get to grow up and be. I've never they they probably never seen anyone like me before. I was like a strange bird, but but I remember thinking, this is why I'm you know, this is who I'm here for, <laughs> because this is who I um you know I I can speak for them. I, I can advocate for them as they go in their forward. And I would love to find out what happened to them because the, these three kids were so talented. They were like little wunderkinds. And I was like, they're going to do amazing things if they let themselves be amazing people. Oh, yes. I, 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 I you know, it's it, I, thinking about all the things right now, but thinking about uh, a line that's really been on my heart all through my career in education was was from Stephen Sondheim, um, from mm. Into the Woods. Be careful the things you say, children will listen, mm-hmm. right? I try to conduct myself in that classroom that every word has to count. Every moment, every interaction has to count as if it's my last because yeah. the kids deserve that and because you just don't know mm. what is what are they learning from you today? Are they learning right. from me, from what I'm saying, from what I'm reading, from how I'm responding to a question, from how I'm asking a question? Like there's so many different ways that they can be learning from you and to not take that lightly, to know, right. oh, I am a person that, that they might be seeing themselves in. And so I need to make sure that I'm not editing myself in such a way that it might influence them to edit themselves as well right um i yeah mm. wow we could talk we could have our own <laughs> podcast about that alone vincent but i want to make sure um 
that I spend time also talking about your art. And I know I did this before, and I'm going to do it again because I know you know that I, I adore your art. I adore your line work. I love the colors that you use. Just your adeptness at at watercolor. I don't know color blocking, paneling. I, I yeah. do, whatever it is that the way my eye reads your art is just something that feels so wonderful and beautiful. Um, there's great whimsy in it, but also great just joy and love. I think about when the, the first time we see the adults. I, I love that the two times you have the adults are uh, a class picture in the beginning and in the end that they're they're at their their um, holiday performance. Um, mm-hmm. But I love the, in the class picture. Not, all, not only do it, does everyone have the flower on the lapel, but you've got you've got these details that communicate an entire story all to themselves for i dare say every single child in that picture and isn't Mm -hmm. that the truth when i look at our class pictures how there is a story in every single one of those children and well you you know know what's fun about this is that i asked when i started working on this book i asked a lot of my a lot of illustrator friends to send me pictures of themselves as kids <laughs> and so i uh, worked them in as many as i could into this um into this into this book so a lot of these a lot of these kids that you see in this class photograph are based on other children's book authors Oh, that's so and, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it's like my own little secret. I, I, I should probably tell them which one they are, um, which they, they'll, they'll, they probably would want to hear that. But that that was great fun. That was a great, great exercise. But yes, no, no, I, that's, that's, that's my character design. That's what I, I love to do, like invent characters. But I would like to, as a matter of fact, uh, Matthew, what I want to do, you know, I'm also a playwright and I want to write a play about this about, I want to do a play adaptation of this, of this book for kids to put on at school. I think it would make a great oh, show. How wonderful is that? Right. Start with a class photograph and end with a Christmas pageant. So that's on my docket of plays to write. Because you've done a wonderful job too of, I mean, I imagine you have to in world building and picture book building and story building, but you do a wonderful job of, of following those characters through the book, there are there are characters that you know don't have any speaking lines, as it were, but we see reoccurring throughout the book. We see them um, carrying themselves as part of that class and in the different activities they participate in. Mm-hmm. And we also see <laughs> squirrels doing wonderful things, right? But, squirrels. But the um, yeah, no, I think about no, it's wonderful. I, I don't need to know all the things, but I love that I have so many questions, and I'm sure the children do too. Uh, right away. Um, and I'll say this for people listening in case they haven't uh, caught this yet, but right away, my eye always goes on that class photo to the child in the second row with the black eye. <laughs> right? <laughs> always goes to that. <laughs> as soon as I saw it, it took me a while to see it. As soon as I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. And now that's that's all I see when I turn to that page. <laughs> it's so delightful. Um, yeah. When, you, um, when you're working on on this art, on these sketches, are you doing, tell, remind me again, do you primarily do your ink work first? Do you color block at all? Like how, what, what does, what does that relationship between color and line look like for you? 
Well, with um, whenever you've got to do a book with um, like 30, uh, 32 pages of the same character, you really have to map out what colors are going to be where and what colors are going to represent this character and that color. But I do start out with, of course, the white the white page, which is, I always say, is the most frightening part of illustrating a children's book because you've got a pile of white. It's got the crop marks for the, um, for the book. And then you realize you've got to fill 20 of these with art. And they're just all white now. So, so that's, that's when I start with the white. And then I do the line. I use a light board and I trace it with ink. I do a combination of gesso black gesso and ink so it's really gloppy i like a gloppy line and then so i i i do all i do all of the line art and then i go in and probably the first thing i do is the uh the backgrounds so that i can tell the story and colors of the backgrounds and then i start with the main characters and i drop in the color blocks and and i try to tell a story with the color, the interaction of the, um, I'm trying to think if there's a page that sort of, well, um, you sort of see that with the, when they're in the arts, in the art school, they're sort of the, the color of them um, corresponds. So, so I basically, you basically, you've got to match the colors and get their hair all the right color and get their, you know, the skin tone, the same color. So it's quite an exacting process, but after several books of doing it, I, I've gotten pretty darn good at it. And what you do is you just, it just takes a lot of concentration and then bit by bit, they get color. And then I, I don't, I don't usually do one page at a time. I usually do several. I keep a lot of them going at once. Um, and because I think that, it, I think that if you, if I were to do one whole illustration, I would look at the pile of let yet to be done. I'd be like, oh no, I gotta do it all over again. At least I feel like at least I feel like I'm making progress on on all of them. Yeah. And then it gets so exciting as as it, the it, the pages get more and more and more covered. And then but at the end they're all it's all there. And oh what a feeling that is, Matthew, to send off um to send off the completed artwork. It's it's nerve wracking because until it gets the separator you're really nervous that the plane's going to crash with the artwork and then they're going to call you and say, Oh, um, can you do it again? Oh no. And then, cause you, you, you put so much thought into it and, and you, you know, I take a picture of it of course, but, um, but you put so much thought into like every, every little dab of color and to have to do that twice. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, so sometimes, sometimes I, I wouldn't want it to happen, but I, I, it might, it might be an interesting experience to see how different they would, you know, it'd be fun to do if, if you did it, you did all of that. And they said, Oh, the artwork was lost. You have to do it again, do it again. And then they say, Oh, we were just kidding. Find it. Or, yeah. And then you've got two <laughs> to see how similar they are. That would be so interesting. How much is, is, is in your memory and how much was just happened at that moment. So yes, I do love color. And then uh, I think the magic of this is, these inks that I use, um, these doc, Dr. Martin inks that give me these really, really, really intense colors that I love, love, love. But now I'm on this program called Procreate. 
and I can get colors like richer than anything I could even get with paper. So I'm totally like torn now. Do I now switch over to this digital media and to get these colors? Because like, like I told you, after I went to India, I, I was totally obsessed with like every, every color has to be the most bold and most vivid color. And so now, now with Procreate, my colors are like rich, 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 bright, bright, bright. And I'm like thinking, oh, this is how I want to work from now on. So who knows? Maybe my next book will be digital. Well, you've got such terrific uh, – I, mean, I almost want to say you, you've given yourself such a terrific challenge in this book in particular because you've got so much different costuming with, with the children just changing clothes all the time. Right. Um, but But as you said, through just the – the years that you've been doing this and building that skill, you've got a really great hand at not making pages or colors look muddy or repetitive or I don't know. There's, there's just something that, that really, I don't know. It just really works and is beautiful and, and allows your eye to focus on what it needs to look at and just Mm -hmm. also not move on. I, I think about like, I keep coming back to the page with, Zelda um, holding the note and just how you can just sort of stare at that composition and it's adorable and the way that her hat the ribs on the on the rim of the hat um, line up with with or or mimic that of the tree bark and then that of her uh, umbrella and the stripes on her socks and just to see all of the line work everywhere it's just for me it just really lights up my brain it's really delightful um and I think that too, if I can nod to to your hand as a, a storyteller and, and visionary storyteller in that way, to have this entire book go um, panel after panel in some cases, because in a lot of cases it doesn't just it's not just a full spread. We have these sort of paneled art, uh, or maybe blocked art without panels, but. Um, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. To to go through all of these scenes and then have a moment, sort of the big moment at the end of the book, just be Zach taking up a page and Archie taking up a page and just having them be undeniably in front of one another in the book is, mm-hmm. is just... It, it, it's a terrific reveal. It's a terrific close up, and um, I think shows a lot of control and restraint throughout the book to get us to there. That's just wonderful. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Matthew. Well, you know, you've got my number. Um, call me up anytime, and I'll just give you open praises yes. about this book. <laughs> all right. I, I, I really, um, in all seriousness, Vincent, I. I'm excited for other people to find this book. I am excited for classrooms to have bold conversations about love. And I'm excited Mm. for the openness that can be welcomed into that space from not just the children. And there will be some children that um, maybe need help to understand and, and welcome that openness and others that it will come more freely, but also for the adults in the room and around to feel that welcome openness. I know that there are, I know from, I know from what books I read in, uh, uh, in that library with my students, um, that it's important 
to make sure we're all seen in books. But also, you know, we were all kids once, and I think we all carry that burden of, but what if somebody doesn't like what I'm doing? And it took me, to be quite honest, a a long while to get over that fear of, but what if I am challenged on this book? What will that look like? What will it look like for them to to challenge me to say potentially that I can't do it or that they don't want this book in my library or that they whatever. And sort of when, when you follow that rabbit hole of, of what ifs you end up really understanding yourself well and understanding your values well and where you stand. And so I guess what I'm thinking about here, Vincent is for all of those teachers that are, that are unsure if there's any hesitation at all that maybe is even coming from way back childhood um, fears of of rejection that we talked about before or or how will someone accept me for reading this I hope that um, they can see and feel that pure love and acceptance uh, and know that there's a lot more of us out there that are loving and welcoming than those that are are fearful and want to to limit or constrain or define what love is and and who can love. Mm-hmm. So thank you yeah. for making a book that opens that <laughs> space up and is so <laughs> beautifully does it, so joyfully does it, and one we can return to over and over. Thank you, Matthew, for the feedback. Vincent, I am always gathering messages for children, and so I want to close our time together by giving you a chance to speak directly to those children in our classrooms, in our libraries, on our Zoom calls. <laughs> I will close this way, but I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? I would say, know your heart and let the world know what your heart says to you. Well, dear listeners, that is our show. Thank you, Vincent, for your time, for your stories. Thank you for being here to talk about this wonderful book. I have invited some picture book friends to join me at the end of the podcast for the next number of episodes to share their upcoming picture books too. I appreciate more wonderful books being brought into the world and I appreciate the opportunity to share this platform with some new voices. So with that, I will see you next time and I'll pass it over to one of my friends. This is Lisa Katzenberger, author of the book, It Will Be Okay, a story of empathy, kindness, and friendship. This picture book tells the story of an anxious, overwhelmed giraffe and his loyal zebra friend, whose patience and presence help him face his greatest fear head on. You can learn more about It Will Be Okay by visiting www.lisakatzenberger.com. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 650 episodes at matthewcwinner.com. The theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. 
Want to help out the show? Become a patron at patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner, and your support and contributions will directly support and impact Matthew's work. And always, writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.